Hello, Jacket fans. Welcome back to Boom and Gloom. I am your host, Anthony, or you may know me as Whaler Jacket in the social media world. And as I always say, I'm Ohio's longest suffering hockey fan. And before we get into it today, I want to give a quick shout out to my dad, Bob L., who uh, many in our family call Dudge. And don't ask about the backstory on that one. Um, Anyway, he discovered that I do this podcast thing now, and uh, so I wanted to to say hi, since he'll probably hear this at some point. But uh, my dad's my hockey hero. He's the one who I say created a monster. Uh, he, he played hockey when he was younger. Uh, he played for uh, the Cross Cross High School, which is a, a school in Connecticut, uh, New Haven, Connecticut. And then he got me, my brother, and my sister all into hockey in the New Haven area. He coached us, and uh, he even coached one of Connecticut's first all-girl youth hockey teams. So now I've passed on that love of hockey to another generation. My sons all play hockey and I coach them through their youth hockey years and my daughter figure skates. And I, I even work part-time at an ice arena right now, all because of my dad. So you could even say that I wouldn't be here talking about hockey on a podcast if it wasn't for him. So, so thanks Didge. This, this episode is dedicated to you, but I will say he is a, uh, he's a diehard Rangers fan though. And on this podcast, we, of course, talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. So let's do that, shall we? I am joined for the second time. For some reason, they were willing to come back uh, by Mark at Mark Carell 2 and Mara at CBJFan5477. Just some other fans who enjoy talking Blue Jackets hockey. So thanks for being with us, guys. You still there? Sure am. You got it. Yes, I am. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on. And um, I wanted to ask, it is roughly 45 degrees-ish here in the Ohio area. What is it up by you, Mara? It got a bit cold, so we actually went under 32 degrees Fahrenheit. But let me check the current weather right now where I am at. It is 44 degrees, so it is sunny. It is gorgeous out. Nice. In here. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um I wanted to start off with what I think is some of the the biggest EBJ news right now. And that is that rumors are swirling that there are unconfirmed reports, we'll say, the Jackets will be getting an outdoor game at Ohio Stadium next year. Now, before I, I get any further, Mark, you are you live in Columbus, right? I live in a suburb, yes. Okay. So I may refer to you kind of out of the three of us as kind of the, the Columbus expert in this situation. So I have to ask this may be a stupid question, but is it called Ohio Stadium? I know it's nicknamed the Horseshoe, but is it yes. Ohio Stadium? It is. Okay. So I'll ask you first. What are your thoughts? Are you excited about this? Um, yes, I'm excited. Um, I definitely am going to do what I can to try to get to the game if it is in fact happening, but I also am a little bit, you know, have a little trepidation because boy, do we suck and I don't want to (laughs) suck on national TV, but, but will we suck next year at this time? 
I mean, that's a good question. It really is, and we don't know. But, I mean, I just hope that they wheel the cannon out there or bring a bigger one. That'd be fun. Oh, I think that 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 has to happen. I mean, that's that's iconic. They need to get that cannon to the stadium. What um now again I I'm I'm deferring to you because you're the you're the Columbus guy in this situation. We all know what an OSU football crazy city that is. And that stadium and and I'm estimating here is like 100,000 capacity. So what do you think like if you're you have the finger on the pulse of the city, what do you think the turnout will be? Oh, man, I don't know. I would, I would hope they can at least get a hundred thousand in there, only because if the rumors are true that it's going to be like a Ohio State, Michigan, and um, Columbus Blue Jackets and Detroit Red Wings type game, I think you can get a lot of Red Wing fans to show up too. So I think they could do it. Um, I'd be curious to see how they would do it. I would. I'm interested to know if they would try to put some people like, because I don't know if you've seen like the other outdoor games, like there's nobody in the field. Like, right. Tell me like you couldn't like put some seating there to increase more seats and, you know, probably sell them for a thousand dollars a pop, make more money, but interesting. I'd give it a shot. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. So Mara being from Minnesota, Wisconsin, I'm actually, oh, from you're Wisconsin. Wisconsin. But, uh, I, but I live an hour away from St. Paul, so I go to the Twin Cities for everything. So, gotcha. y- yes, Wisconsin, Minnesota, that area. All right. Well, my point still remains, being from so far away, does an outdoor game for the Blue Jackets get you to make the to make the trip? Like, is it is it that big of a pull for someone like you to come see the game? It is. I've been me. Well, I wanted to go to a game this year because I knew I could get tickets, but we just didn't have a means to like travel and hotel cost. And I'm out of college now. So it was a bit tricky. And then with the one week that my dad was able to take time off of work, the games didn't work. It was against what Toronto and New Jersey. And after the whole Buffalo Sabres game the other year, I'm like, we're not driving 12 hours just to have another game get postponed for the net for like the game to get rescheduled and we can't go. So that's the reason why I didn't go this year. Like, even though the blue jackets suck, I would still love to see my first home game. So I would love to have my first home game to be the outdoor game next year, but I just have to, I think it can get tickets. It's just a matter of do we have enough means to actually travel, de- like drive twelve hours, get a hotel for a oh, few days, twelve hours. Back. Yes, I didn't realize it was change. twelve hours. Goodness. And then Indiana traffic's insane. Chicago traffic is in- insane. Indianapolis is a mess. So we have to travel through two big, two big cities, and then. Two states, technically, if you just count Indiana and Wisconsin to just drive through. So it's a long trek, but it's definitely exciting. And I would be very sad if I did not get to go next year. Yeah, I I agree. And I I would think that a lot of even casual fans would be brought in for, for the, just the sheer spectacle of it. Like good or bad, whatever the, the teams are, the team that they play, uh, the wherever they are in the standings, I mean, this, this is huge. This is a huge event. And so I, I would try my best to get there. And I, I live 
um, I'd say about 90 minutes from the center of Columbus, um, you know, just north of Dayton. And so that's not a huge deal for me to get there. But, you know, with ticket costs um, and gas prices, I don't get I don't get to see many Jackets games in person. But that that would get me there. Absolutely. Yeah. I've already decided again, after my experience at St. Paul this year, I got to see Fantilli's first NHL goal, but after the wild fans, I'm never going to be an away fan at a Minnesota wild game. So now I have to either go to Chicago or Winnipeg if I want to see the jackets again, or just travel to Columbus itself to the city itself for another blue jackets game, because it was such a, it was such a waste of money just with like the total experience, but I did get to see Fantilli's first goal. So I'm very thankful for that, but I, I understand a lot of blue jackets pain about them being really bad, but I'm always grateful whenever I get to see the jackets play. So I think that's something the fans need to keep in mind when they're around there. And I'm really hoping I get to see a home Columbus blue jacket game at some point in my life. <laughs> I am confident you will. I am confident that the passion you, you show talking about them, I'm confident you will make that happen someday. You know, you said something like you got to witness history within the, the time that you got to see the blue jackets as an away fan. I did too. My first away game was Rick Nash's unassisted hat trick in Detroit. Sweet. No way. Sure was. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you, you know, not safe for work. I was drunk and remember very little of it <laughs> because, oh. you know, our, you know, the, the surrounding fans kept buying us drinks and we're buying ourselves drinks and I'm just. Wait, so the surrounding fans were, were buying you drinks. Yeah. Oh my were, gosh. Yeah. That's so nice. Red Wings fans for all the crap that we give Michigan and stuff like that. Red Wings fans, like they just get it. And I hate saying that um, about, you know, anything up in Michigan, but like we're walking out after the game, we're all excited. And they're like, man, beer in hand. They're like, you guys got us this time. I was like, this is like the only time we'll get you guys. So we're going to take it when we can. And sure enough, that's the same year we made the playoffs and got swept unceremoniously. Figures. Okay. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That that's the way it should be, and it's like I, I don't have any super cool stories like that. But but I will say, kind of on the same topic, the the playoff game. Um, and I, I can't remember the year they played Washington, and it was the the first home game in the series. And what made that game so awesome for me and my boys? I, I wish I got his name. The, this it was another fan who he was sitting by us. And at the time, Mark Letestu was my favorite Blue Jacket. And the dude was just ripping on Letestu the entire time. But but in a humorous way. Like, I was not angry at all. I was laughing so hard. And then, of course, he figured out that I was laughing at him. And so then he would purposely be making all these jokes about Mark Letestu. And it was just it was such a memorable experience. And that just goes to show you how you know, other fans can, can make or break an experience as well. They really do. If you really want to know the actual story, the, it was clearly a season ticket holder behind us, right? Okay. He had a huge fancy get up, fancy watch, you know, lower bowl. And there's a reason why my tickets were as cheap as they were for as close to the players bench, to the Columbus Blue Jackets bench at that I was. And he was literally saying, come on, guys, like every single, like the entire game. 
it wasn't just like, you know, every five minutes, but he was like, come on, guys, come on, guys. And then he was saying some not so nice words as well. And I'm like, okay. But then he calmed down with the Blue Jackets comments. But this dude was too serious about hockey. He was too too obsessed with the Minnesota Wild. And then when the Blue Jackets won in overtime, I was like, yes. And then the dude left as soon as the gore was full the the goal was scored so i did didn't get to see his reaction but it was very pleasing for the blue jackets to come out with that win so yes fan the home fans can either make or break a game and i really think the blue jacket fans for the most part from what i've seen online are actually really great so i hope Hope I get to experience more Blue Jacket fans, but every single Blue Jacket fan that I met in Minnesota were amazing. Most of them traveled for the game, but they were great. They were great to see. Cool. And Mark, how many games, home games, do you watch a year, do you think? Like in person? Watch or all visit? Um, yeah. Mm, I haven't gotten to any this year um, just because we've been, we've been on a budget with the way everything else is. No, I get it. That's, price. that's the main um, reason I don't go. I mean, well, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a distance too, but the, the cost is just too much. But yeah, okay. Well, but I but I think there you have it. So we would all, all three of us, we would make it a point though. We would want to see this, this outdoor game. So it is a spectacle. I think it's fantastic for, for Columbus. I think it's been too long. I, I think that Columbus should have got one earlier. But that's just me. But my other worry about this, though, is that I believe they said they were they were figuring on March first, like or right around March first. Does does that make you guys kind of fearful about the weather you uh, as well, or or am I off base on this? I don't. I can't really comment on Ohio weather, except Ohio and New York weather ruined the one time I was out there in that area. So. Usually there's still snow with the exception of this year. There's usually snow in March in Minnesota. So that's, I'm not, I don't really know about the weather in Ohio. Hmm. And what happens really. if, Oh, it sorry. Go ahead, Mark. Me. It wouldn't deter me one, at all. I mean, it might be a little bit rainy, but Hey, that's what ponchos and umbrellas are for. Do you think they'd still play in the rain? You know, probably not. I don't think, I think the couple of times that there was some precipitation in like the winter classic, they, they uh, like postponed it to see, you know, like after the, the weather was supposed to break. So they waited, but I don't know. I mean, I don't see, I guess that wouldn't be a good idea, but I would still sit there waiting and wait through it. Oh, me too. For that sort of thing. And if, if there's one team, if there's one team that would have the bad luck of like three days of horrible weather, it's the jacket. It, it, I completely <laughs> can attest to that. Oh my gosh, I agree. Blue jackets can have some really bad luck for weather. Well, I got. I have one more question for you guys regarding this this topic. Um, and it may sound silly, but this this is the kind of thing I think about. Okay, I'm I'm a big Jersey guy. All right, I I love visiting. Uh, it's called Aesthetics. And uh, there's another website I like to go to, NHLuniforms.com. And like I, I, I love jerseys, and I love thinking about you know what these teams are going to wear. So I saw some rumors that suggest, you know, uh, again going back and and 
people are saying it's going to be uh, Jackets versus Red Wings. So I saw some rumors that suggest that we're going to try to tie in to the Ohio State versus Michigan theme. And I don't know how I feel about that one, if that's true. I, I don't think it would be, it'd be wise to turn the blue jackets into scarlet and gray. What, what are your thoughts on that? Considering the blue jackets roster with so many Michigan alumni, I don't think that <laughs> yeah. would be a good idea. <laughs> I never thought but of that. You're right. Oh my God. I really think what they should do is do some sort of cannon Jersey since those are always a hit. It's like one of the blue jackets, best Jersey, apparently most popular and that can sell. And if you get a little bit of red, because red is in the blue jackets color, just like as an outline or something. And then the red wings can stay red blue jackets still navy blue like powder baby powder blue whatever if they do the cannon i think that would be the best bet for the most sales yeah i i just i don't know i don't know how that would work so thoughts on that mark no way <laughs> no, no way <laughs> no i i mean they, they most likely yes bring in the cannon and they might do it um what they might do is have blue jackets in the Ohio script. Okay. Yep. Columbus oh, I like in that the, in the Ohio, in the script, Ohio, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I don't believe they're going to add any gray. Um, but I think if, if you're going to do some sort of homage to Ohio state, that's the only way I would do it. Maybe have like a, like the cross lettering, like the, at an angle from like upper right down to lower left or something like that. No, are you a big Ohio State fan as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I like you're, you're telling me about the script and stuff, and I'm just like, I just barely kind of know what you're talking about, but but I get it. I but think I know what you're talking about because I, my whole families are just Big Ten fans. Besides hockey, we're Big Ten fans. So in football, we always cheer for the Big Ten. But I kind of get what you're saying with the script. I don't think Gray should be in it. I don't think it's a really great color. Silver would work. And I really like the star on some of the blue jackets designs, but that's just my personal preference. I just don't think there should be any gray in the uniform. Nice. Well, time will tell. That's, that's basically all we can say, you know, and we, we, we haven't even gotten the official announcement yet. So I think it's kind of, you know, cautious optimism right now. And, of course, I'll I'll get even more excited when when the jersey jersey concepts start coming out. They're they're probably out already, and I just haven't seen any yet. Um, before we go on to our next segment, I I have to ask you guys: Do you did you guys see the game last night? Did you guys watch any of it? No, I was watching a movie, and then I turned into the last bit of the Suns Leafs game because by that point, I'm like, you know what? I'll watch some juicy Toronto Maple Leafs game before turning to see the Blue Jackets lose. What about you, Mark? Did you watch? I watched a little bit of it. A bit of it. I was going back and forth between that and wrestling. I was watching AEW Collision, um, okay. and then I saw they, and I even tweeted about this. How are they so bad when it comes to the extra attacker, both defending and having it? They don't (laughs) score the empty net goals, but they give them up. And then when they have the extra attacker, they can't score. But by golly, does the other team manage to get one or two? Of course. blows my mind. What would our record be if they actually executed on those those in-the-game plays? 
I don't know, but I, I honestly think someone in the mid twenties, like twentieth in the league, nineteen maybe. And I think somebody like actually did the stats for that. And I, I don't know who it was or where I'd find that, but I think somebody actually figured that out and, and it was impressive. So, yeah, so I, I didn't get to see the game. So I was just curious about, you know, what you guys saw, what you guys noticed. I, I try to watch them all, but last night I could not. Um, it was one... frustrating. They had full control. They're getting shots. They're just, they're making Tampa Bay move. And then for whatever reason, we're just going to do a backhand pass off the boards to try to chip it to the point and just like make the play. Don't like just half-ass it. Make the play. And they didn't, and of course, turned it over and two on one empty net. It was so frustrating. Yeah, I've noticed in the games that I have been able to watch this year, there the D zone has been so horrendous. I'm like, you can't give up. You can't make that sloppy turnover. And I was watching a little bit of the Capitals game today, and they made an astounding turnover that Vancouver could have scored on, but they didn't. That's how you lose hockey games. You have to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. And the Blue Jackets are not having any luck right now. So we'll That's, see. Yeah, they seem allergic to luck. <laughs> uh, so frustrating. Oh, one more thing about it, though. Um, and I just noticed this right before I popped on with you guys here. Um, I guess Chinnikov got injured. You got high sticked. Did you guys, did, did, did you happen to see that? Because I did not. I did, I did not see that either at all. I didn't see the play, but I did see through social media that he, the last shift he had was sometime like in the second period. And then the, and then, and they said he was out. Yeah. I said he's not, he's not playing next game. So it must've been kind of severe. Hmm. Well, he was, he, he's a right to bet it went uncalled. Say it again. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm willing to bet it went uncalled. It was quite undetected. <laughs> Par for the course. That's right. Life of the Jackets. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to another segment here and check this out. I actually have, let's see if this works here. I have like a, like a sound. Magical. And that is last week. At least I think it was last week. My time frame might be messed up with the all-star break. I'm going to say last week, the CBJ hockey world was put into a frenzy with Gary Bettman's mentioning of Cincinnati as being interested in an NHL expansion team. And I don't know about you both, but I was absolutely floored. Not not necessarily by the announcement, but just how crazy it made a good portion of our fan base. Did you did you see that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, my take, I don't see it happening like at all, all right. I, I think there are way more viable options than Cincy, but you know, I guess I could be wrong, but I just I don't think I am here. I don't see Cincinnati as even a possibility. What are your impressions, Mara? We'll start with you. What are your impressions about the Cincinnati announcement? We may have lost Mara. It's so not we'll going to happen. I'm. Well, here we go. Not going to happen. Totally agree. What about you, Mark? Is it going to happen? No way. All right. If you if you had a, if you had to attach a percentage chance to it happening, what would you say? 
Negative 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to say something like 0.5, but I like I like your, your number better. And I, I want to run something by you, okay? I can't remember which podcast it was, but someone had a very interesting take on this. He said, Gary Bettman is a very smart calculated man like everything he says is calculated so spitting out cincinnati was not just a meaningless remark okay he, he says that that bettman mentioned cincinnati as, as kind of a dig against columbus their ownership almost like like a warning like saying hey guys uh you're making a lot of bad choices right now straighten stuff out or we're going to look at another market close to yours. So what do you think? Could there be any truth to that? Zero. He mentioned so Cincinnati because they legitimately did put, say, Hey, we're interested in expansion. I mean, every, there are a lot, only a few number of cities that can actually support professional teams. Cincinnati is one of them. If you look at the reds, but that's it. And I think he, What's Batman going to say? I mean, the Blue Jackets are selling out Nationwide Arena with a crap team. They are. They're doing their job when it comes to the hockey-related revenue that all these owners want. Who isn't doing the job? Arizona. Arizona. Okay. You know what? It is interesting that you bring that up because I'm going to I'm going to kind of go off on a little side tangent here because I I wanted to run something by you both just as kind of a you know outside opinion here, all right? Are either of you Browns fans? Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to say something here, and I'm, I'm not trying to stir up bad memories, but I'm, I'm just trying to make a point. All right. So I just, I, first of all, I just don't understand why the Coyotes have been given this much time. But why can't the NHL do what the NFL did all those years ago when the Browns moved to Baltimore? Now, I don't I don't know football as well as hockey, but from my understanding, what what occurred was the NFL they allowed the Browns to move with the stipulation that the Browns would get an expansion team in the near future. So, if that's the case, why can't the NHL do something like that? Like say move move the Coyotes to Houston or or Salt Lake City? with the understanding that if if Arizona can get an arena bill and get their crap together, they'll be awarded in an expan- an expansion team. Does, does that make sense? I mean, am I making too much sense here? So the city of Cleveland sued the NFL and Art Modell to keep the Cleveland Browns and all the stats and all of its records and all of its history in Cleveland. Okay. As part of that lawsuit, the NFL agreed if they were to expand again, Cleveland would get an expansion team and be and be known as the Cleveland Browns again. Oh, it was a lawsuit. So it was a lawsuit. Okay. And that lawsuit is what kept the crew in Columbus. Well, partly. That the threat of that that rule, that law that was then put in place, where if you re- I think it's if you receive public funding um, as a professional franchise, then you have to, if you plan to move or, or relocate or whatever, you have to provide an opportunity for local people to purchase the team um, before you can move. And see that 
that's where you shine, Mark. The Model Room. It's the Model Model Law. You know what? I I've I've heard I've heard of that now. Okay, it makes sense. I kind of remembered that too. I was I was taking extra sport business classes as well, and that was like a huge thing in my sport government class. To, that we talked about the Browns a lot, actually. But I think also, I think Arizona, whatever they're doing, it's not working, especially with their arena issues. But if you move the franchise again, that's going to be like, if there's a new location, you're going to have a third location with the same stats, same records from the original Winnipeg Jets. So I just, I'm just starting to realize that now it'd be the third location, third different city where that same franchise with the same record so like the, you have the arizona coyote records and then the original winnipeg jets and then say it is houston houston's going to be the third city that that franchise has been in and i just i think it's so unstable right now but i think it's coming to a head where like they just have to move i think so it might get confusing in the future and like currently right now, but I think Arizona could support a team if the right decisions were made. And I'm really liking what they're doing right now with who they drafted. I think they came, came out really great out of the 2023 draft, but, but that's a whole different story as well. But there are things are looking up for them, but the arena situation is just too much of a mess. Yeah. And from what I've read, the, NHL Players Association has gotten involved. And in, in my opinion, I mean, I think they have a legitimate claim. I mean, these are NHL players and they're playing in a college arena where the, and, and I've never been there, so I can't really say for sure, but my impression is that they're not up to NHL caliber uh, locker room and, and other facilities. So this is dragging on. And the worst part is the Coyotes aren't even like the main per, main team in that building. They're just borrowing their facilities, wow. so they're like second class. So they're they don't get the priority. They don't get the dates, you know. So it's all Arizona State, I think, is is like kind of like running the show over there. And then what? And then apparently the visiting locker room's horrible. So I just. I feel bad for all the visiting players and and the location, and they're in the Central Division, but Arizona's going to be like two time zones away. I think daylight, they don't do daylight savings, so that their time zone gets is like the same time zone as California in the next week or so. So like, and then you have like four or five games against the Blackhawks, against the Wilds. So I just don't think they're in the right location in the Central Division to even start with. So I think Houston would be the best move. Nice. Nice perspective. I'm going to say something very controversial. Are you ready for this? Ready. If your team leaves your city, all stats, colors, everything should stay with the city just in case. I love it. Not that, because let's face it, the Carolina Hurricanes are not the Hartford Whalers. Thank you. Carolina Hurricanes. Thank you. (laughs) Quebec Nordiques are in Quebec City. They are not the Colorado Avalanche. They might have kept some of the same colors. But there's a different team. It's a different city, and it was different ownership. It should not. It, that should not transfer. Didn't the Colorado Rockies move to New Jersey, so they have that weird Colorado connection? It was it. Uh, was it Colorado? Colorado team. Was it Colorado 
then they moved to Kansas City, and then Kansas City moved to New Jersey. It was something like that. Yeah, I know, things I know like that just gets so involved. confusing. Yeah, but but Mark, I I don't think that's controversial at all. I think that that ex- that's exactly how I feel. I think that's how I feel. Like poor Winnipeg Jets, the Coyotes are have their original the original Winnipeg Jets franchise. So now the new Winnipeg Jets are just having to make all their own records and stuff like that. So I think it should just stay with the city as well. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of disappointed Winnipeg chose the Jets again. I was like, that was bad luck the last time. So yeah, why It's confusing for that? new fans. Right. Yeah, I could see that as well. All right. Well, I have one, one more big segment to talk about here. And I have some little other little questions for you too, if you're, willing to stick around, but the, the other um, big topic I wanted to discuss with you is Boone Jenner. So a lot of rumors again, swirling around that, that the jackets are uh, considering, I I think maybe, maybe considering or have received calls, I guess about Boone Jenner. Will he be traded? Should he be traded? Those are the questions. So what do you think? Who wants to who wants to start first? I'll let you go first, Mara. I'm gonna okay, perfect. For a second. I think they're seriously going to consider trading him because that's what they've been doing in this continuous rebuilding year after year since 2020. But I don't want to see him go. And Wait, the reason. Well, let me interrupt for just a sec. Did you say you think they're going to, or just? I think they're, they're going to seriously, they're gonna seriously consider trading okay. him away. Gotcha. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, they're. I think what the Blue Jackets are going to do is seriously consider trading Boone Jenner away. But if they don't see what they like in return, then they're not gonna trade him. All right. And the reason. You, sorry. Go ahead. And the reason why I think it's just because of he's the he's just been made named captain. I think they would like some veteran stability in the locker room, but we don't know what goes on in the locker room either. So who knows, but I think they should just keep him. He is one of my favorite players. He he's actually a reason why my dad's a fan of the blue jackets now. So I hope he stays with the blue jackets. Mark, your thoughts. I don't think they should per se. If you get an offer that just blows your doors off, then you you gotta you gotta well, do it. Yeah, like I think any any trade that could rounds, blow. You're offered two first round picks and a like a higher end prospect because like I think who was it that was just traded for like a ransom? You're just like, are you serious? That dude that got like oh Monahan and who's yeah. who's the other one though? Was it Monahan? Like, like Jenner's is that he's what you want in the playoffs. He's He's he can be a center. He's he's better on the wing, but if you get t- if your center gets tossed, he can win a faceoff. He's net foot front presence. He's a good two you know two hundred foot player. That's the kind of guy that you want in the playoffs. So would a playoff team be willing to give up? Especially, and he's still under term too. So right. They'd be willing to give up a couple first and and that I think if if you get your doors blown off, you take it. I would prefer not because I again as Mara stated. You want some veteran leadership and some stability in in the locker room. Um, I don't think Wierenski is ready to be a captain. He's one. He's 
all he's injured a lot, so he's, you know, he's not there often. Um, who are you gonna make? Who are you gonna make alternate captain? Goodbranson. Um, oh, I I have a spicy. I saw a spicy take on Twitter, but everyone's been bringing up Adam Fantilli's name in the ring for future captain. Maybe having an A. I'm not too sure, but he's pretty young, so I wouldn't want to throw him into the fire right away. But I could potentially see Fantilli wearing an A, wearing a letter at least in the next few years. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that one. And there's been pretty young captains in the NHL, so it's not unheard of. Crosby but... was a captain, I think, year four or five. Who was that? McDavid. Oh, McDavid. Taves, Landeskog were pretty young. I think McDavid's been the youngest. Hmm. I don't know. I'm. I have to say that I am on the fence about trading Jenner, though, because um, like you guys hit the nail right on the head about the veteran presence, and I and I spoke on my last episode about how I think the Jackets need more of a veteran presence, but. When I say veteran presence, I also mean that the veterans have to know how to win. And I'm not sure, you know, Boone Jenner, he does bring that better, that veteran presence, but he hasn't really won much. So is his presence the right veteran presence? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting road to go down. We can definitely think about that mash that out yeah i i don't know it's but but like you said i mean he's he's such an integral 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 whatever the word is part of the jackets and he is the captain he is the leader so we we have done that once before when we when we traded felino i mean we have lost the captain and the, and the leader it, it has occurred and and my, my thoughts go to when Boone was out with the injury. When he was out, I don't necessarily think the Jackets played significantly better or significantly worse. So that makes me wonder what the team would be like if, if they did decide to trade him. I could see the face-off winning percentage go down really fast without him. Yeah, that's man, that would be brutal. Penalty kill would probably take an even bigger hit. I haven't even seen recent numbers, but Boone Jenner, I, I remember seeing him just get on for the face-off, clear the puck, and he gets off. Someone else covers, but yeah, face-off winning would be would take a huge hit, and that's like something that Jenner could actually help te- help with coaching Fantilli. You know, it's some yes. of that stuff with like hints, tips, tricks. You know, to get Fantilli better at the face-off dot because he is going to be a center in the future if he's not alright. If I know we already talked about that in the past about Fantilli, but he will be taking those face-offs, and face-offs are one of the hardest things to learn in the NHL as a young guy. That is an excellent point. I never even thought about that as the significance of the mentorship. You know, that is an excellent point. All right. Any any other thoughts about Boone before we move on? No, I'm good. <laughs> no. Okay. Then all right, so 
those are like those are like the three main topics I want to talk about today, guys. But there's there's a couple other things I want to throw at you. All right, so before we kind of wrap this up, I want to kind of get your thoughts on some of these other things. Um, a lot has a lot has been going on in the la- in the last couple of weeks in Jackets Land. So did you did you see who the new corporate sponsor is? Isn't it that grief <laughs> company? Yes. I'm just I I think it's pronounced Grife. Grife. I did I think it's pronounced Grife, but it looks like grief. And it just it's so on point for the jackets to name a sponsor and it's grief. I just it's just like grief. It's it's almost it's like the the joke is um like it the the jackets would be the type of team to bring on a vacuum like a vacuum company as their sponsor because they suck. Mm-hmm. Or I heard another one, um, an elevator company because they've been giving the fans the shaft for so many years. Oh my gosh. But there's so many companies that have their headquarters in Columbus. Like it's insane to me how many corporations like to have their headquarters in Columbus. Just, I don't, I don't know. I, I have a few ideas why, but there's so many other options, but maybe they're just that bad that companies aren't interested in it, you know? <laughs> but I think, here's a quick shout out. Bath and Body Works has their men's collection. I think they were on the right track with going to several sporting events across the country with a set up shop. And I think there are different company, better companies to partner with than just Rife. So that's my thought on it. Get a different company, Columbus, please. It's kind of trolling the fans, right? That's, it seems like bit. it, doesn't it? At least you got a sense of humor. <laughs> I think you have to have a sense of humor if you're a Jackets fan. I think that's just, you just have to. Yeah. I think so too. And I think whoever did the graphics that they were trolling those Pens fans at that Blue Jackets game, that was hilarious. It was on Twitter. I'm like, that is so funny. They need to do more of that in games. Oh, I, I must have missed that one. I'm going to have to look that one up. That's... Yeah, it was, it was a Penguins fan wearing, well, they were wearing Pens, Pens gear last night during the game with Columbus and Tampa Bay. And okay. people were like, um, is it, that's kind of like a jersey foul. <laughs> Why are you wearing the, the sweater with tee that's not even on the ice? Mm-hmm. Well, I actually wore a Blue Jackets jersey to a USHL game because I'm like, I always have to wear a jersey at a hockey game, but I have nothing else to wear. So and the Blue Jackets were actually playing the Sabres and lost, and that guaranteed them a top three pick in the draft, I think. And it beat out, I think it was when Chicago was also playing one of their last games. This happened in April. So I can see where fans sometimes wear like the random Toronto Maple Leafs jersey at a hockey game. But why a Pens jersey at a Blue Jackets game that isn't a Pens game? Why? Well, I want to get Anaheim Ducks jersey. And on the back of it, I want to put thanks Verbeek. Uh, <laughs> THX Verbeek. Oh, <laughs> I would love to do that. I mean, and that that would mean something to me too because Verbeek was such a big part of the Hartford Whalers. But and then you know, picking Carlson, exactly. Yeah. So, 
Well, Carlson's been a bit injury prone, but they haven't played him like the entire season like we've had with the Antilles. So we'll see. We'll see which team ends up being better, more faster than the other. I don't know. I think both teams suck. I don't know which one's going to be better soon. And uh, I just, I, that's another point. I, I think it's just so interesting that the top three picks from last year's draft were all all had significant injuries this year. It's just incredible. But the Dart's still going to probably win, win the Calder anyway because right. the Blackhawks are. I don't. I can't. I can't even name a Blackhawks player besides. For, for the, the all the injured guys like I can't even name a call up so that's how bleak the Blackhawks are looking right now well no Felino just needs an extension there and is set and Jones is going to be around a while right I mean that no. he's got a long contract there doesn't he yeah I think he's got when did he get traded like three years ago sounds about right he still has I think he signed a seven-year deal so he still has oh yeah yeah, and we all know the NHL loves Bedard, so I can see oh, that. A little yeah. too much, I think. Yes. Agreed. Completely but they're, they're making much. so much money off of him, but I'd like to see them making a lot of money off of Fantilli because he was such Thank a you. nationwide. I mean, he played at Michigan. He played at American College. You can get so many more NHL fans from those college hockey fans. So I don't know why they're not doing more marketing with Fantilli. What? Like, I get why Jenner was picked to the All-Star game, but why couldn't Fantilli be picked, too? You know, could have done some cool marketing there. Fantilli wasn't injured. I don't I don't think Fantilli was injured until after the All-Star game. So they, they really missed out on that. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot with only marketing for Bedard. But, I mean, that's what everyone is obsessed with in the hockey world, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit too much. I'm sick of it. I want to see Fantilli more on the marketing side of things because they can make so much more money too to get get a little rivalry going, I guess. So we'll see. I think what they're trying to do is they're not trying to do what the NBA did because the NBA, a lot of casuals follow players. And so that player ends up going to a larger market and then basically saturated the large markets. Uh, with good players like the like LeBron went to Miami and then he went back to Cleveland and then he went to LA. And so people, fans, casuals follow the player, not the team. So if you start marketing players too much, then they start following the player, not the team. And that's not what these owners want. They don't want to be like the NBA. I think they should do that because look how much money the NBA is making. Hand over fist. All the all this all these issues with like NHL, like oh well, you know we we gotta you know do better job of of uh you know getting a, a stronghold and, and bringing in more fans. Yeah, then show off your damn players. Mm-hmm. Who cares what team they play for? Or you know not and don't just market the same players in the players that are in the biggest markets. We get McDavid, he's great. He's, he should be in more commercials nationally. Bedard hasn't done a damn thing. And to be honest, neither is Fantilli. They should not be marketed nearly as much as Crosby, McDavid, Ovechkin. I'd never see him on anything, ever. Yeah, he's... Well, in- we used to see him. There was that one funny commercial a few years ago where I, with his wife at Backstrom, which I ate up. But uh-huh. I can see your point there. I think the NHL is going about it the wrong way. I just don't know what the right way would should should be, but there are pockets of fans eager to watch hockey that the NHL is not 
reaching into and so they're missing out all of these other markets and they're not getting those new fans that they need yeah totally with you on that all right um i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a question here and i'll tell you what i think and then i want you to to give me your your take on this all right so my question is what do you want to see from the Blue Jackets from now until the end of the season. We got 31, I think, 31 games left. So what's that, like a third of the season? I'm a math teacher, I should know. Um, what do we want? You know, what do we want to see from now? So for me, I, w- I would like to see, and it's, it's simple, just steady improvement. That's what I want to see. I want to see improvement in general, but also specifically to things like the power play, the shorthanded situation, the, the, the defensive structure that we see. I want to see some steady improvement. What about you? What do you think? We'll, we'll, we'll go with you, Mark. What do you think? We'll start with you. I agree with, with the, with the defensive structure and with I'm like, stop turning the puck over. Just, I want to see fewer turnovers. If they only score two goals in a game, and they turn the puck over once. I would rather see that than have them score four goals but give up seven because they turned the puck over nine times. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought, so we'll go to you, Mara. <laughs> I had a thought with that, I, and I lost it. Go ahead. I agree with you guys, but I think the season is lost. That's what I was going to say. Thank you. The season is lost. I would like to see a really good trade tra- – I want to see them trade a defenseman. I want them to clear up communication with their, with Eurocheck specifically, but I would like to see the drama gone. I don't want any more media leaks about he said, she said type of situation. And I think this could be very well be Yarmo's last trade, trade deadline. So I would like to see him go out with a bang, but I really would like, I would like a surprise. I think Yarmo has a lot of work to do between now and the trade deadline. And I think he could turn this team around if he makes the right decisions. I would like to see a defenseman gone. That's my, that's my take on that. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I would actually like to see Provorov. I know he was, he, I see him like he was supposed to be a stopgap for um, when Matejchuk comes in, but he's got, I think one year left on his deal. I think now's a good time. Things haven't exactly worked out the way we we thought they would, or the Jackets front office thought they would. So he needs to go. Move on. Yes, I was about to say who you guys want to see traded because I mean, with as bad as this defensive core has been, who the heck is worth anything? Andrew Peak. Um. Well, (laughs) I don't think he's worth anything, but I think he just needs to go. I think they need to draft better. Well, I think they had a really good draft last year, but I think, but that was like a given because it was a good draft. I think they could really draft really well this year if they make the right moves with extra picks, getting rid of peak, getting rid of Provorov. I can see uh, who was it? Boquist might actually be worth something, but he's always injured. So who knows? I mean, with the salary cap going up next year too, if, the Blue Jackets can really get things going. I can see them keeping Severson at least. Obviously, Wierenski's saying Juracek 
I is it untouchable no matter what the media says. So those are oh, my yeah, three untouchables. It yeah, drives me insane. Yarmo needs to keep things need, needs to be more like Steve Yerzerman and keep things in the room, communicate better. I think the you I think what I would like to see for next year is better communication from coaching, from front office to the players, clear expectations. Don't say one thing and then go be completely go in the other direction. I want I want more something more steady next year because this is like crumbling concrete. This is like quicksand. We're just thinking worse if we keep going in the same direction. I'm going to give Yarmo a little bit of a pass here as far as your check goes because he's absolutely right. If he, he he's not quite ready for the NHL, but having him up here just sitting in the press box instead of getting meaningful minutes in Cleveland. Yeah, that's is, is stupid if you ask me. Right. So I think he did the right move as far as your check goes. Because, I mean, Cleveland is still, I think I said this last time, they are killing it. Mm-hmm. They're a really good team. And, I mean, I know it didn't re- necessarily translate to, um, NA- to the NHL, um, really, but look at the run, the Calder run that when the Monsters made in 16, a lot of those players did make an impact in Columbus when they actually got here. Why? Because of that experience. Yeah, and I, I want to go back. I just want to touch on what um, I just want to touch on Peak for for just a second. So my, I agree. That I, I would I would love to move Peak. I'm not saying he's a he's a horrible player, but I think it would be wise for the Jackets to to clear up some roster space and trade him. So here's my hope. He goes to Florida because number one, he, he grew up there. And then number two, the general manager of the Florida Panthers is Zito who came from the jacket. So I'm hoping that there's some kind of connection there that, you know, Yarmo can swing a deal for him. Just my hope. All right. Uh, any other thoughts before I hit you with my final question? Back on Go peak for- real quick. Go ahead. I never understood the hype that he got. I know there are some other people who who used to work for the athletic who absolutely loved peak. Every time they were on a podcast, they were talking about how much they love peak, and I never understood it. I don't care what the advanced stats say. I'm watching him play and I don't see the big deal. I'm not saying he's terrible, he's an NHL player. But to me, he's, you know, seventh or eighth D-man on a, on a, I agree. On a decent team, not in the top six. I'm a huge stat nerd, huge analytic nerd, but I can, I watch him and I'm like, why is he on the top pairing with Wierenski? <laughs> That's bit that I'm like, why did, I, I was like, why would you trade this other player and, and not peak, you know, like. Just, I think Peak's time is up in Columbus. I, I can, I can see a trade with Florida potentially happen. So let's, let's hope, let's hope something happens with the defense at the trade deadline. That might be I, the only team that they could send them to. To be fair, because if every other team is seeing what we're seeing, he has no value. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> um. Well, and I guess there's always the hope that you know, some team will be like, well, we can mold him to, to what he should be. You know, he's, he's playing the way he's playing because he's on the blue jackets. Mm. 
if we get them, we can mold them. So I guess that's a that's a hope we can have. A good a good coach team. So one of the better but one of the better teams in the league who can say like, yeah, we can fit him right in with our system. He's just not playing in the right system in Columbus. I can see that happening too. Yeah, back in the day, I used to, I used to call that being whalerized because as a whaler fan, it was like when a player got traded from the whalers, they took off. Like they, their stats jumped, they started playing much better hockey. So they were whalerized. Okay. <laughs> Ready for the final question? Yes. Okay. This is a, this is just an opinion question, right? So I'm going to tell you my opinion, and then I, I want you guys – I, I want to pretend that we're like – we're voting members. However, the NHL votes on rules, okay? We're voting members, and I want to see how you would vote on this. This is just my idea here. I am 47. I've been watching NHL hockey for a long, long time. So – I began watching at a time when the home teams wore white for NHL games. Mm -hmm. So that, that has just always seemed natural to me to, to this day, dark, dark, 